0: This podcast is over at WildGamesPress.com and d You burst through the door. You find a small room filled with gold and jewels, and a dragon. He starts to breathe. Ah! Ah! Save or Die Podcast, a podcast about classic Dungeons and Dragons. Bring on your goblin hoes and band of hoes, hoaxing zombies and foes, and oh no, troll. don't slow me down, oh no.
1: Hola, everybody. It's Save or Die, episode 121. As ever, your, your Klondike bar in the Freezer of d d goodness, DM Mike here. <laughs> and sitting along with me is the Snicker Bar, DM Jim.
0: I just took Snicker Bar because you already stole Klondike Bar.
1: Oh, yeah. It's Liz's fault. Her mom keeps buying boxes of Klondikes just for when we visit. And I'm like, no. <laughs> and also, the orange sickle in the freezer section, DM Liz. Hello. And we're talking about a module today, Winds of the Ice Forest. So as inferred, there's going to be a lot of snow and ice jokes coming your way on this one. (laughs) (laughs) But first, do we have any emails?
0: Get down, get down. Get down, get down. The The Save save or die. Die. Hot, Hot tub, tub time machine. Come here, you scrumptious little beauty. Here I go once again with the email. Every week I hope that it's from a female. Oh, man.
2: Oddly enough, yes, we do. Ta da! It's so weird.
1: We were on. We were on, uh, hiatus yet we're still keeping relatively up with our emails it's kinda scary. More or less. More or less.
2: We're going to be covering two emails today and our first email is from Craig Truesdell. Hey Craig. Craig! Craig asks short question. Silence spell in effect do you allow the players to talk to each other while their character is in the area of effect?
0: Uh, Not if you're a bastard DM like me. You don't.
1: (laughs) There was a module for basic expert D&D or an adventure in Dragon Magazine called Chapel of Silence that at one point in the adventure, it tells you that there's some sort of silence field and that the DM should not let the players talk to each other until they were off that level of the dungeon. All they could do is sign language to each other, or gesture, or pantomime. And it struck me as a nifty idea, but enforcing it, I think, would be tough. So I guess my answer to Craig's is no, I wouldn't. I'd like to, but I wouldn't.
2: So you're saying you would not allow the players to talk to each other? No, I would would. allow,
1: sorry. Okay. I would not prevent them from talking. I'd want to. I, really <laughs> yeah. I I wouldn't.
2: Well, I know that um when we were playing second edition with Chase Taco. Chase? Yes, Chase would be very strict about that sort of thing. If one of our characters cast a silence spell and we were going through the area of silence ourselves, you know, he would let us talk at the table but he would not allow us you know in character to have conversation with one another if we wanted to let each other know hey you go this way i'll go that way or something like that um, he was a stickler for making us try to pantomime it out Um. um I don't know how I feel about it.
0: Well, it depends on what you want. I mean, if you're just, you know, goofing around and metagaming like crazy and that's your fun, fine. But if you want to have, like, awesome role-playing fun, then you rise up to the challenge. Can I taco for a second?
2: Oh, sure. Oh, Uh, sure.
0: I mean, the Dungeon Crawl Classic module writers like to stick in extra things like spin wheel puzzles and things that if Joseph can figure out a way, he'll put it in the module. The all-time genius one is in a Joe Bittman... Um, adventure called the one who watches from below and in that uh, dungeon you can get possessed by these eyes that roam along the floor and once you're possessed you become the eye and you can no longer speak and the uh, module comes with a little mask that you cut out and hold over your face (laughs) so you can pantomime and it's cool and it is the most awesome fun you ever saw that is pretty cool (laughs) Props are always cool, but that's I was expensive. going to
2: say this obviously this is what is needed in these instances is to be able to use props.
1: <laughs> silence masks. Give to people. Oh, can't talk. <laughs> Put
2: oh, a little yeah. frowny face on them.
0: <laughs> You're under a silence spell. Excuse me while I turn the stereo up to white noise.
1: here are earplugs for everybody. Yeah. But anyway. I hope that's a good answer, Craig. (laughs) (laughs) Your answer is a definite maybe.
2: A definite maybe, yes. (laughs) Um, Anyway, Craig goes on to say that he started in 1981 with Moldfey and says, listening got me back into gaming through 5E, or though it is 5E. Mm. Um, In high school, I was the local DM and captain of the football team.
0: Take that, Stereotypes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you all hit on some key words that still resonate with me and make me smile. The TRS 80, <laughs> Godzilla sound effect, squad leader, panzer blitz, chainmail. I was never a fan of the gazetteers either.
0: <laughs> oh, I like this guy
1: already.
2: Dragon magazine, etc. Because,
1: you know, we hate the gazetteers, so, you know.
2: Err.
1: <laughs> Especially yeah. Liz.
2: I, I can't stand any of them. Actually, I've barely read any of them. So, I was about to say, you
1: hate the one, especially the one you didn't review. You really hate yeah, yeah,
2: the one that I was not a part of. <laughs> anyway. But anyway, um, he says, using Squad Leader maps as town maps is genius. I have a bunch of those just sitting around. Mm-hmm. And no thanks to you. I am hooked now on Drive-Thru RPG. What a great resource and gold sink. <laughs> Thanks again and keep up the good work, Craig.
1: Well, lucky for you, Craig, because the module we're reviewing today is also on Drive
0: RPG.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> get your sack of gold ready.
0: <laughs> it's 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 all a conspiracy on our part just to encourage re entrance to the hobby and the spending of money since uh, two of us write adventures for the hobby. Walk. Ha ha So you should buy our stuff.
2: And yes. we would also like to say we do not receive any gratuities from Drive-Thru RPG <laughs>
0: Yet. Not yet. Not yet.
2: So thanks for writing in, Craig, and we hope to hear from you again. Our <laughs> next email is from Sasha Davis.
1: Hey. From Down Under.
2: Woo. <laughs> yes. Sasha writes, good day, soddies. am not sure how I feel about soddies. But... <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> well, let, let
0: me teach you how to say that Australian. You say uh, the word I instead of day. Good I? Good eye. Okay.
2: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Our apologies, Sasha. We probably all sound ridiculous.
1: <laughs> Nothing like a couple of Texans trying to sound...
0: Uh, and a boy who grew, grew up in yeah. Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs>
2: please, please forgive us. Um, Sasha, Sasha writes... Um, thank you for spending so much time on my last email. I promise this one will be shorter. Having a unisex name often causes confusion. I should have specified that I am male. No. <laughs> <Oops>. oh! <laughs> Darn it.
1: <laughs> First Aaron, now this.
2: Uh. <sighs> anyway, um, Sasha. We're again. Please forgive us, Sasha. <laughs> At work, I responded to someone who had emailed the the web team, and their name was Dominique, and I thought it was a girl, and it turned out it was not. So, yeah, neither Mike nor I seem to have really good track record with figuring these things out.
0: (laughs) Oh, and if I can mispronounce it, I will.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sasha goes on to say, If it's not to taco... See what I did there? Where and when will Victorious and Mutant Crawl Classics be available in PDF form? (laughs) Shipping costs to Australia are steep. PDFs are a lifesaver. But I can't find them on RPG now. Anyway, thanks once again for a great podcast. All the best, Sasha.
0: We were talking about one of those off-air. Steve, get your act together. We want Victorious now. (laughs) The
1: no-art
0: PDF has
1: been available to backers for the past four months.
2: Yeah, Kickstarter backers. Um, Yeah. But it is Uh, not available for anyone to purchase at this time yet.
1: I hope it will be at least available as PDF purchase before North Texas, but odds are it will probably be Gen Con. Which is not not that far far away.
2: away. No, no. No, but we were really hoping to be able to have stuff at a table at. I get North a Texas. table of
1: my own this year at the con, and I was hoping to have stuff on it, but you know. Good.
0: Well, I was just fake giving Steve a hard time over at Troll Lords because <laughs> I, I enjoy being on the other side of the table because I get the Mutant Crawl Classics question eight times a day on Facebook. Um, I, I don't know the answer. I mean, I'm sorry.
1: Isn't I just, that fun?
0: I, I used to could say that. I can't say that anymore. I do know when the Kickstarter is going to be, but I'm not allowed to say. It will be soon. And typically with Goodman, if you back the Kickstarter, the PDF becomes available if uh almost immediately while the book's being printed if you're a backer and then later after the book goes on sale the pdf will go on sale shortly thereafter so i'm sometime this year but later
2: (laughs) just
1: soon (laughs) soon fly up this
0: space fly up to cincinnati ohio in the usa and we'll run a game for you
1: there you go <sighs> Pay for us to fly down to Australia, and we'll run a game for
0: you. Oh God, what am I? Th- what am I thinking? <laughs> yes, yes, fly me to Australia. I'll run all the games you want.
2: Fly all three of us to Australia, and we will, will record a podcast in your living room.
0: You're welcome. <laughs> fall, fall, <Yeah. laughs> fall into a time machine in 19th century London, and land in the post-apocalypse. You can play it all. Yeah, there I you think go. we
2: could mash those two games. Oh, up. sure. I
1: mean, think about the time machine. What is that but post-pock yeah. future? You know.
2: True, true.
0: H. G. Wells, man, he did it all.
1: Yep, he was the man. All right. Well, thanks. Um, as usual, if we want to write us, where would you write, Liz?
2: Um, saferdiepodcast at gmail dot com.
1: Uh, or you can do a voice. Send us a voicemail, and how would they do that, Jim?
0: All I know is it ends in three sod because I'm used to just chiming <laughs> in with that part.
1: I know I was under. You did
2: not tell us there would be a quiz. six
1: thirty seven sixty three three sod. Three sod. See, I got that part. Yep. And Kojo, we got your voicemail. We'll cover it next show. Honest.
2: Seriously.
1: Seriously. <laughs> so before we get to Winds of the Ice Forest by friend of the show J V West, do we have any announcements we want to get? out of
0: the way I
2: have, well
0: let's have one then i have one
2: <laughs> um well we have an announcement from another friend of the show uh michael batalato otherwise known as bad mike on the various forums
1: yes he's quitting gaming and retiring to a monastery <laughs>
2: <laughs> and if you believe that we have a certain <laughs> bridge that we would like to sell you Please contact us at Saverdiepodcast at gmail.com for more information.
0: I don't think that would even make Mrs. Badalotto happy, because that would be, like, hard the other way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, anyway, um, Bad Mike was going to be a guest on our show, even if it was only briefly, to talk about the upcoming North Texas RPG Con. But, sadly, real life reared its ugly head and intervened, and he was not able to join us today. However, he did want us to share a little bit of news about the con since he was not going to be able to be here to do it himself. Um, namely, that there are currently only 21 more open spots available for the convention. If you have not already registered, do, do it now. Do not rely on there being open spaces if you would just walk in. So, so what's
1: five, six weeks from now is the con? Yeah,
2: yeah. So,
0: and this is, one of, this is one of those cons that caps. So once it caps, it caps. Yeah. Yes.
1: They want to keep that small con feel, so they cap at 350, so here's your chance.
0: After it caps, you will be repelled by the collection of smokers <laughs> out front.
2: <laughs>
0: and
1: you won't even get mutations.
2: All that anything? and no mutations.
1: Yep, yep. So, anything else about the gun, or is that it?
2: Well, that was basically the most important bit. That um, uh, your, the spaces are filling fast. If you haven't done it, go do it. Yeah,
1: I was surprised. My victorious game filled up in like ten minutes, and then that, the one cha- pretty cool. Yeah, and then the one chase was running filled up in just a couple hours.
2: So, yeah, we're doing two victorious games this time around. One on Friday, one on Saturday. Um, even though both games are filled up, if you're interested in playing, wander on by. It's very possible that someone will wind up not showing up on either of the two options. So, yeah. yeah usually there's you always more. <laughs> I, I yeah. slept
0: through registration, so I planned on just crashing a game. <laughs>
2: We'll, we'll let you crash our game, yeah. yeah. All right. Seriously.
1: Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> your copious amounts of spare time from running <laughs> DCC and MCC. Although we were actually better this year, we told ourselves one game a day. That's it. We're just going to do one game a day and then have the rest of the day to just wander around, visit with people, and hang out.
2: Yeah, so Friday is really our only time when we're super busy because we're playing in one game and then Mike will be running victorious that evening. So that's really our only two-game day. Thursday, um, if,
1: Saturday, and and Sunday are one game. That's
2: it. So hopefully we'll be able to actually see people and talk to them. <laughs> Rather than in the hallway. <laughs> running on our way to our next game.
0: <laughs> Which, and of course, it is difficult.
2: Yes, it is.
1: (laughs) Yeah, tell me about it. (laughs) You get your air, you know, just, anyway.
0: Oops, was
2: that my outer voice? I'm afraid it was. And you're going to, I keep telling you, you're going to have to get your own corsets. Stop wearing mine. (laughs) You and Bad Mike are the worst.
0: Why? Worst or the best? Well, Bad Mike's the worst, clearly, because he wears three at a time.
1: Yeah, and he's my evil twin, so he kind of has to be. So, okay, well, Jim, you got an announcement.
0: Oh, that was it. I was just going to make sure we let people know that there were still twenty empty or uh, twenty registrations open for North Texas Con.
1: See, got see everyone. It's that so important? We brought it to you twice.
0: <laughs>
1: well, it's not really an announcement, but it is something I want our listeners to know is that. Uh, for those of us who those of you who enjoy old school D&D type podcasts, the, the Grognard File folks in Bolton at the Grognard Files podcast have just started a three episode arc covering, they're technically covering first edition A D and um, D. And only the first episode is out, which is over the Dungeon Masters guide. Uh, I assume from that the other two episodes are going to be Player's Handbook and Monster Manual, but they're discussing a whole lot of classic D&D, too, as well as the advanced stuff. And just want to give a shout-out to The Daily Dwarf for noting that, like Liz and I, he got started on the Holmes basic set in D&D, so salute.
2: Which makes him extremely cool.
1: Yes, and makes DM Liz smile.
2: Because he's extremely cool.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And Judge Blythe has no idea what he's talking about when it comes to the DM's guide, so (laughs) meaner. I'm not through the episode yet, but I'm that far. You're such a hard ass. (laughs) I really love this podcast, but you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is the first time they've hit D&D. You know, everything else has been Call of Cthulhu or... Traveler or, you know, RuneQuest or that sort of thing. So. Yeah,
2: yeah, they're totally spot on on everything else they've talked about. But on this, they're wrong. Oh.
1: Well, no, not all of them are wrong. Just Judge Blimey. <laughs> Dirt the Dice and, and Daily Dwarf are, are, are
0: spot on. It's so. not like we're perfect. We can't even keep the gender of all our email writers straight. <laughs>
1: That's true. <laughs> exactly so. Anyway, I just wanted to mention that. Everybody take a look at Gardner and Files if you have a chance. Great bunch of guys. And so we're going to have some ads and commercials, maybe, if Jim feels like putting them in this time. And then we'll get to the top five.
0: No pressure. Yeah, not at all. all. Our our one commercial contributor's (laughs) company got bought by Frog God Games, so we don't have any commercials. (laughs) Challenge your imagination to come alive and to battle with the creatures of Dungeons & Dragons. Grapple against the forces of evil as a Marvel Comics superhero. Hunt adventure and glory as Indiana Jones. The all-new role-playing games of TSR and Dungeons and & Dragons unleash the power of your imagination. Premiering Sunday, it's Dallas, where money buys power and passion breeds conflict. Between the oldest son, his parents, their granddaughter, and the youngest son, who married the woman that tore the family apart. Dallas, premiering Sunday at 10, 9 Central and Mountain. The Saber died. Top 5. In 5, 4, 3, 2...
1: Dun, 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 dun. Sorry. top five we are talking about winds of the ice forest uh, sent to us kindly sent to us by jv west so long ago i cannot even remember
2: yeah he we... probably figures we totally forgot about it yeah it I just was... said we're not covering this month it looks ridiculous week... <laughs>
0: I have to do a disclaimer up front before we get into critiquing this module. J.V. West is a uh, member of the Dungeon Crawl Cabal, a group of us that uh, write tournament adventures for uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics. He does cover art, cartography, and uh, after I read this, I want to get him to actually write for it, too. And he and I have collaborated on a bunch of projects together, so just full disclosure, you know, it's hard for me to be too critical when it's a guy, you know, I'd go to freaking war and get in a firefight with.
1: On the other hand, he's used to doing DCC, so he's used to getting you know get smacked around <laughs> during games or or that sort of thing. So, you know.
0: tossed to the monster to save the rest of the party. That's right.
1: right. yeah so so he, he he can handle it, I'm sure. So it is a PDF adventure at Through RPG and it's pay what you want. Can't beat that. Yeah, so right out the gate, you can't exactly, you know, say, well, is it worth the money? Well, of course it is. So, it's 20 pages, give or take, and it's got some nifty, not only does it have a good adventure in it, I'm little spoilers here, we're going to have several spoilers, so if you intend to play through this, you might want to skip this episode, so...
2: If you're not going to be the Dungeon Master, you should read no further. <laughs>
1: further. And of course, since you're not the Dungeon Master, you will, of course, adhere to that. Yes,
2: as but we all do. If, yeah. you'd have,
0: if you'd have said that to 18-year-old me as a player, you would have just riveted my attention for the next hour. <laughs>
2: yes. Don't read this. Don't listen.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not to to pimp them again, but on the Grognard files, they were kind of making fun of portions of the of the dm's guide where they kind of say you know players will of course not be reading this or if your player complains about something you should gently but firmly point out to him you know and gotta admit some of that
0: was kind of amusing but yeah (laughs) gently but firmly rock falls you die okay next guy (laughs) (laughs) or it was a very
2: gentle rock
1: gentle but firm rock
2: yes anywho yes
1: so who wants to start us out Top five, right? Yeah, we'll start with Liz.
2: We'll, uh, we'll go the other way, right?
1: Liz, Jim, then <laughs> me.
2: Um, so what's your
1: number five, Liz?
2: All right, all right, all right. Um, <laughs> well, for my number five, I think I will choose... It's like I've got all my stuff written down, but I didn't decide on what order. Um, what? What? <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's the nebulous five not the top five five (laughs) it's the cloud of five
2: okay well i will start off with the inclusion of the rumor table because i'm all about rumor tables (laughs) and this module has quite a nice little rumor table it's um d10 pretty 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 impressive Mm -hmm. um I think a, I think D10 is a, is a good size for a rumor table. You know, you can 12. go... Well, yes, D12 is always better because the D12 <laughs> needs something to do. But, and it's such a cool-looking little die anyway. You should give it more to do. But D10 is very good. I think um, some of the really elaborate rumor tables where you roll a D20, you know, sometimes, sometimes you can get bogged down in a whole bunch of rumors like that. Um, So, I think a D10, D12, that's a good size for a rumor table, especially for a short little module like this. And you've got a good mix of true rumors, false rumors, um, and some pretty helpful information in there. So, kudos to Mr. West for including a rumor table in his module.
1: On a side note, I have to mention that whatever that font was he he was using for the headers, my... (laughs) My Kerswell, um reinterpreted them inter- in an interesting manner. For instance, when I got to it, it called it the humor table. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me kind of want to put that in a module now.
0: God, it was just Cooper Black. Can't get any more old school than that.
1: Yeah. And, of course, it got even more interesting when I got to fart two <laughs> of the module. <laughs> So, anyway, I had to throw that in.
2: Yeah, it's like, I've, I'm not sure what font he was using for his section headers, but apparently the OCR program that Mike uses did not care for that.
0: <laughs> see, creatively reinterpreted them, yes. See, Bad Mike picked a bad episode to miss because we're talking about farts, and that's right in the wheelhouse.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. He, he See, he's going to be so envious. He, he He's going to wish he had been here. So, anyway, Jim. Your number
0: five? Uh, My number five, which leads straight from Liz's uh, love of the D12, is that this module includes, for Labyrinth Lord, and of course any other old-school fantasy role-playing game, a new class, uh, the Barbarian class, a Labyrinth Lord version of that class, and uh, with uh, some interesting little twists and similarities to what you might be accustomed to in uh, AD&D, Taco. But uh, (laughs) a lot, you know... Lots of stuff for the D12 to do, nice special abilities, uh, battle clad, you get to, uh, you wear no armor, but you get to adjust your AC by half your level, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Rage, the usual things. So there's a whole little, uh, besides the NPCs that come with the, the pregens that come with the module, there's a whole class included, which is like triple your money's worth.
1: Yeah, and he also provides several new magic items and a couple of spells, I think, too. So There's at least you know,
2: one spell that I can at least think one of. new
1: spell, yeah. So it's you know you're you're getting more than just an adventure in this. Okay, my first one's going to be a cr- a small criticism. <laughs> you? Yeah, I know. Crazy, right? Crazy. No cr- what? Igloos, really? Did you have to make that? I know he's going for an ice theme here, and normally I think that's great, but the little safe houses in the forest that you travel on have to be little igloos.
0: Oh, but they're extra-dimensional igloos that are bigger on the inside.
2: Yeah, they're Tarsus. But
1: but make them log cabins or something, you know? even But igloos? I just... I don't... Igloos. I don't get it. I just... I expect eskimos like. to come
0: out or something it's, it's a it's a cultural step too far in an adventure that has you know giant white wolves and giant white cats and
1: actually i was thinking more of the goofy part of it but yeah no i'll go with cultural sensitivity too if i haven't already just blown that because I'm. <laughs> <of the ages. laughs> so not a big deal certainly easy to change but it just threw me for the rest of the adventure which really has it's not terribly humorous. I mean, it's a fairly serious adventure and
0: then the igloos. So that's Ooh. not really that's not really a nitpick, it's more of an ice pick. But um ching. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Okay, Liz, number 4 before I kill again.
2: All right. I liked the igloos. <laughs> It did not bother me that they were called igloos. And personally, I think if it's, you know, that big of a deal to someone, you can easily change them. You don't have to call them igloos when you run it. Um, (laughs) But the whole concept of them, I think is pretty awesome. This is a low-level adventure. This is a low-level adventure. And this cursed ice forest is a pretty dangerous place. Um, I could see some mid-level parties running into some difficulty trying to go through through the forest, you know, let alone first through third level characters. So, having these little safe houses randomly show up on occasion as they're trying to find their way through, I think is an awesome concept, and they can really help save a party's bacon. Um,
1: and yeah, and another part I did like in it was the the way the the aid rest and comfort reduces every day.
2: Yes. So um, you don't
1: get too comfortable and decide, I'm going to live here.
2: Right. I mean, well, let's just
0: say it out. I mean, this is supposed to be a first to third level uh, adventure, and it comes with, like, second level average pregens. There's no way a second level party is getting through this adventure without those igloos. No, I
2: mean,
0: no. Functionally, regardless of yeah, cult- they're, cultural Yeah, they're downright problems.
1: vital. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, I mean... If you don't like them being igloos, call them something else, but I do think the inclusion of them as a concept is, you know, very much needed in the module, and it's pretty cool. Um, as we mentioned, they're bigger on the inside than the outside, and they're almost like a layman's tiny hut insofar as you've got food, you've got comfortable accommodations, and... When you stay there, a night's rest, you will get 1d4 um, hit points restored to you if you are wounded. Um, And you can stay there as long as you are wounded and need to heal. But the moment that you are all healed up and your party is ready to go again, if you try to continue to stay there just because it's so nice the accommodations inside slowly start to get less and less, well, accommodating. <laughs> <laughs> and if you stay, you know, by the third day past the time when you're all healed up and ready to go and you should have gone, you know, by the third day, you know, the place is, is tiny, it's cramped, you know, it's it's not nice anymore. And, you know, it, it helps to keep your party moving once they once they are ready to do so again.
0: Some of them even come with uh, NPCs you can kill and take their stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like gnomes. Oh, sorry. Hush, that's one of my picks. Okay. <laughs> well, then, four. You're four. Okay, which which isn't the gnome that's in the igloo that you can kill and take yeah. his stuff. But uh, I, I'm going to go with a magic item. They're, the whole way... JV West wrote this uh, adventure, it just couldn't be any more old school in its uh, charm and presentation. So there are like all Mm -hmm. kinds of, for example, magic items that do cool stuff but have certain quirks and my favorite was the Eye of Discernment which will help you navigate through uh, this woods where every time you hit a fork in a road it's a 50-50 chance you take the wrong fork Um, the Eye of Discernment is some old wizard's eye that's been hardened into marble and put on a necklace and it'll help you have a much greater chance of choosing the right fork in the road but every day you use it you go down a random one in your ability score So I could, that's just, that's beautifully conceived and written because you're, you know, you're trying to get out of this forest that's trying to murder you. Is it worth an extra point of constitution? Okay, day two. Now is it worth that, you know, point of dexterity you just lost? I love that.
2: And especially if it's stuff like, yeah, and if it's stuff like, say, you're a magic user and you start losing intelligence, you know, that could seriously hinder your ability to cast some spells. <laughs> a magic item
0: designed to be passed around instead of hoarded. Here, you you take it for a while.
1: <laughs> Another advantage to the safe house at igloos that wasn't mentioned earlier is they would also make a great way to introduce PCs into the game, you know, if somebody lost their character. Oh, yeah! Be a great way. Oh, yeah, he's he or she just happens to be on the trail for whatever reason, too. I mean, there's several encounters like that with NPCs. MP- PCs anyway. It'd be easy just to make one
0: a PC. Did you notice they all had red hair?
2: There were a lot of red-headed people. Mike and I were talking about that earlier today before I mean, we got I, on to record.
0: You, I mean, the, you start to understand why JV and I get along.
1: <laughs> <Yeah. sighs> all right. My fourth is I really like how he's done something I've talked about on the podcast before. But he has taken the concept of some animals, for instance, uh, the monster manual, say, the Winter Wolf, and he has created a level-appropriate version for them, in which case this is Frost Coyotes. And he's done that with several monsters, giving them an ice theme or taking them into a level that, you know, first-level characters, it's not beyond the realm of possibility that they can take them down, which is cool. Yeah, I think no, it's a really great way to handle it.
0: You're exactly right, because there are ghouls in this thing, and normally you wouldn't throw first and second level characters up against ghouls.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and conversely, though, there are some monsters in there that, unless you've got some really good plans, you probably need to run, cause, or you're going to die. And yeah, I like that.
2: That's, that's one of the ones I plan on talking about, if you're thinking oh. about the one that I'm thinking of <laughs> well
1: okay, i won't go into more details so anyway so you're third
2: my third oh so you're done yeah that was mine okay. the,
1: the various ice yeah. monsters.
2: yeah so i guess i'll go ahead and talk about that then um my number three would be the white whalers and yeah those things are awfully dangerous um even if you were a party of third level characters um a whole group of these, because they tend to attack in packs rather than just single encounters. Um, they, they could really mess you up. Um, they have... Um, not only do they have a touch drain, well, not a drain, but when they touch you, you get a 1d4 cold damage, I believe. And then you have to save versus spell, or you are frozen like a hold person. Um, uh, then... Once you are frozen in place, they can easily do a constitution drain, which, um, is kind of like a icy breath coming from their mouth, um, and each attack drains a point of constitution, if I remember correctly, um, and once a person gets to three or less con, you have to make a save versus death or you're dead, (laughs) um. So, yeah, it would be really easy for them to, you know, start whittling you down, you know, and they reminded me a lot of the dementors from the Harry Potter books as a matter of fact.
0: Yeah, at mm-hmm. first at first I thought they were going to be white walkers from Game of Thrones, but they're not that at all. You're right, they're mm-hmm. more like dementors.
2: Yeah, cuz yeah, one of the side effects is, you know, you're getting the the drain. And you start to feel, you know, not only cold, but despondent and fatigued, which is very similar to a Dementor attack. And, yeah, I've pretty much outed myself as a Potterhead. But, anyway.
0: <laughs> like too, I, li- I, too little butter scraped across too much toast.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, th- those are pretty kick-ass <laughs> monsters. Um, I would very much suggest that if you come across a a gang of them, you probably want to try to get the crap out if you can. Um, Run quickly. Yeah, they do take three times damage from magical fire, although highly unlikely first-level magic users are going to have a lot of magical fire on on hand. But if you did, (laughs) that would be the thing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Jim?
0: We're uh, we're up to number three, right? Yep. Uh, I'm just going to, uh, my number three and, uh, I should have made it the, uh, my number five is the, uh, graphic design illustration and layout of this, um, because we're talking about it in a verbal medium. Let me just, uh Uh, assure listeners that this is as professional as any third-party publication could possibly be i mean it looks like it was published by a game company it's laid out very sharply uh liz and i sometimes get our cranky pants on about certain (laughs) certain things in layout none of them are in this you know nice uh typefaces less left justified columns um i misspoke it wasn't cooper black that was driving your reader crazy it was a blambot font that i can't think of the name but uh but it's an attractive font and full of Jv West art, which I obviously am prejudiced towards and adore. But it's it's yeah. it's it's nice, clean, black and white graphic art. And Jv's style is a uh, uh, a little bit cartoony, but it would be like Tom Wom or uh, Jd Webster had illustrated the yeah. uh, the adventure. and 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 it's rock solid and old school. I just love all of that.
2: Yeah, there's well, a yeah. picture of, of a dwarf NPC that he did in there, which very much put me in mind of Tom Wong style art. He has this little grumpy face, and he's wearing a cat on his head. And it's like, <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs>
0: I mean, I I, I don't mean it's a little cartoony in any negative way, because uh, like like a good cartoonist, exactly what you just said, Liz, every single piece of art is very emotive. Almost Mm. that Jim Holloway thing, where if it's a scene with two or three characters, you can tell what they're all thinking about. Mm. So, yay for the art and layout.
1: Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay, Uh, my third, The Dwarf's Treehouse. <laughs> Speaking that of is, the grumpy
2: dwarf. <laughs>
1: yes. That is a yeah, you, know, you think tree house, you think, Oh, it's kind of a sweet little place. It's it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Norman Bates the, the Dwarf. Out. <laughs> yeah. It's it's wow. I, I, get... I thought there was gonna be
0: an upstairs with his mother going,
1: Norman Norman <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's wow. There's traps, there's pets, there's wall decorations. That's all I'm going to go into. But it's like, wow, yeah, that'll creep people out. So, that's my three. (laughs) Over to you, Liz, number two.
2: Alrighty. Um, I really enjoyed the selection of random encounters provided. Um, Some of the MPs which you can run into as you mentioned earlier you know you can swap them out with a new pc if you know someone wants to come on in but um some of the npcs can easily be employed also as future adventure hooks if so desired um there's quite a few of them who have some problems that maybe the you know player gang could try to help them with in the future um there's some really interesting backgrounds that were made. Um, I think a lot of time was obviously taken to make sure that you know none of these NPCs that you run into are going to be cardboard, two-dimensional, you know, throwaway type characters, and yet they weren't so overdeveloped that they kind of have a sense of. You know, sometimes you can read a adventuring supplement and everybody has a dark secret and everybody is, you know, doing something and it's like... Gazetteers! Ter- Gazetteers! This, <laughs> this is terribly unrealistic. You know, I mean, there's enough, you know, interest that has been put into the NPCs to make them stand out and to give you a reason to care about them. But it hasn't been done to such an extent that you're reading this going really yet another person with a dark secret yawn <laughs> <laughs> okay jim
0: uh my number two is a particular encounter and uh what i love about what uh jv's written in this is that it's just and liz was just alluding to and we've kind of talked about it, it's just good meat and potatoes D, right you know, but the encounters are uh, highly inventive. I mean, anybody can write a, an adventure where it's a path through a forest and your random encounters are something starts stalking the party and there's this chance to notice. And there, there's some of that in here to be sure, but my favorite mm-hmm. encounter is the trickster trees where you're just minding your own <laughs> business and suddenly there are trees in the road that you can kind of squeeze through and, and you get past them and you let your guard down. And then there's another grove of trees in the road that block you and the ones behind you block you and then they just fall that's that's their big attack is they fall and block the road so that the or, monsters can come in and get you
1: or if you try to leave the trail and squeeze your way through the trees they squeeze back and crush you so you you, you really have to keep on the trails
0: and, and even that's. Beautifully engineered and written because you know a halfling can 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 squeeze through the trees and start a shortcut, but two or three squeezes in and suddenly you start taking damage, and by the time that's happening, now you've got to squeeze all the way back and take more damage to get back to the path.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and hopefully you'll have you have got enough hit points to be able to make it back to the path by right. then.
0: Right, <laughs> Igloo's looking good at that point.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, my number two, I really like I. I don't think I've ever seen this before. I certainly can't recall it. But whenever he lists an encounter and say there's a monster, there's three of them with five hit points each, he puts a line with little color-in boxes by each monster, like five hit points for, you know, orc. There aren't any orcs in this. But we'll just say orc. And there are five boxes by it. And then there's each orc with the number of hit points and little bubbles. And you can cl- uh, color them in in order to keep track of the hit points of each monster as they're being killed.
0: The rumor table says there's orcs.
1: Oh, uh, but is okay it a true
2: rumor? Yeah.
1: But I think that's really cool. That's very handy. Um, it's a quick way of handling it. And, you know, you... I don't recall seeing another module that handles it like that that way before. I've had I've seen modules that have like battle sheets in the back where you got a total and you can just mark it down, down. But I really like the coloring in of the little bubbles. I, t- awesome.
0: I I, I type set my campaign notes that way just to make it easier to keep track of how much damage everybody's got.
1: OK, well, that's a cool way. I, I really liked that. So
0: number one, Liz.
2: Number one. All right. Um, This is kind of along the same theme as the NPCs. Um, JV West puts the same amount of care into the pre gen PCs that you could use. Um, Say, if you were just running this as a one shot, you didn't want to bother making up your own characters. There's a whole raft of, you know, pre gens in the back that you can choose from. Um, and they are just as cool as the NPCs. They've got some amusing little quirks, which are fun to role-play. Um, one of them in particular that really stood out to me was a female magic user um, described as having a glorious hat. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I want to play her. I want to have that hat. You know, <laughs> I have a glorious hat and magnificent. it gives it yeah it was magnificent. And anyway, and also some of them have immediate ties to one another, which means you don't have to spend 2 hours trying to get your players to introduce their characters to each other and somehow At the agree tavern. yes and somehow get to a point where they agree to travel together, you know, cuz that can be will politely say time-consuming um <laughs> so you can use these pre they're fun characters several of them already know each other so it you know it's it's a lot of time saving on all accounts for both the players and for the dm so cool
1: <laughs> all righty jim
0: um, my number one is the method in which uh, J.V. wrote a lot of this, which, dare I say, is a Gygaxian approach, and um, not not in the way you would think, you know, with highfalutin words you have to look up in the dictionary, but more in terms of, okay, the, the example is uh, the snowcat cloak. There's a uh, magic cloak in the game uh, that, you, and even ways you can make your own later if you've got 10,000 gold pieces. But it's a snowcat cloak and you're reading through it and it goes functions at same powers as a cloak of invisibility. And you're like, you know, as a player, I'm like immediately in. Okay, I want that cloak of invisibility. But as you read the explanation... It only it's a cloak of invisibility you can make from a snowcat pelt that only functions in arctic, wintry or snowy areas. And suddenly it dawns on you, oh, wait a minute, it's just a white fur cloak, and of course it makes you invisible in this snowscape forest. <laughs> that's very Gygaxian, and I yeah. loved it.
1: Cool. Yeah, that, that part of it really, I, I liked how, you know, he gives you various spell, you know, the, their chance you can learn certain spells and that sort of thing. And they have their own little built-in limiters. And I think that's kind of Gygaxian. You know, there's no such thing as a free lunch. You know, Everything cool oh, that, you get that is, too. Gonna, is is going to have some little negative to it. Maybe not much of one, but it will be there.
0: But I love that Gygax 1-2 punch where you reel the players in with it works like a Cloak of Invisibility, then you, you counterpunch them with just common sense. <laughs> yep.
2: like, wait a minute.
1: <laughs> okay, well, mine, normally I say that I don't do my top five in the list of of how much I liked or didn't like it, but this one, the number one, was genuinely the thing that stood most out to me that I liked, and that is, you don't need a map. It's all done by rolling dice through the forest, and in fact, he he's sure to say in there, anybody trying to map is going to quickly go nuts. Because it's not effective because of the magical way the paths keep rearranging and resetting themselves, and as someone obviously who has trouble with maps, this is awesome for me. I loved that it's a
0: conceptual maze,
1: yeah, and it makes a certain amount of sense you know if if you're in quote unquote the stereotypical mazes of mythology or or whatnot you know you don't do it by you don't get out of them by scientific means you use some nifty little magic trick or something unusual like the 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 twine in the original minotaur labyrinth etc so it's cool I like it and I remember somebody I don't remember who said earlier about this being a short adventure and it is if you want it to be yeah Depending on how you want, you can. This thing could go over two or three sessions if you really, if you really <laughs> wanted to work it out that way. It's a
0: bad dice roll. You'd be in there forever.
1: Well, could be. <laughs> so, yeah, and
2: JV even says, you know, you can. I mean, the way you get through the forest is the players have to choose the correct path uh, thirteen times, and. Each choice is a random die roll to see whether or not they chose successfully. Um, you can cut down the number of times that they need to make the correct choice if you want the game to be shorter, or you could even increase it if you want to ensure that they're there for a very long time indeed. Um, as the DM, you've got carte blanche to you know, pretty much set this up to... Whatever length you want it,
1: and your players will thank you. <laughs> oh yes, actually they might because they're. Uh, I know he says he he wrote this with the use of Labyrinth Lord and Advanced Edition Companion, which strictly speaking would make this AD&D, but we're covering it anyway. So there. And I would say though that the treasure reward is probably a bit high for your standard AD&D party, but for classic, it's just right. I think. It's well, perfect. if
2: I remember correctly, in the beginning, he pretty much says that it is predominantly Labyrinth Lord, with the occasional advanced bit stuck in here and there.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and then Disha, it says, and with dizzying selectivity, its advanced companions. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little Gigaxian there. Yep, and that's
1: that's pretty old school too. Yeah. So yeah. yeah,
2: I'd say this is ninety percent basic. Yeah. With just a, a hint of advanced thrown in. The only
1: thing that s- struck me as advanced in there was the use of nine point alignment. Um, everything else was pretty much, I thought, spot on for Labyrinth Lord classic D and D.
0: I wasn't going to mention that because I didn't want to get Liz started.
2: <laughs> Everyone, Everyone knows five point alignment is the best.
1: The best. No, three point alignment
2: and you say you started off with Holmes.
1: We'll compromise with four-point alignment. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that, made my,
1: that made my head hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and on that, let's go to products of your imagination.
0: In new Dungeons and Dragons, power is won by finding new ways to battle inside me. And being completely dragon-flapping awesome. uh, Set comes with spellbook, ritual rites, playboard, sacrificial dagger, and dice! 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 TSR
1: Hobbies, Dungeons and Dragons game, products
0: of your imagination.
1: Ta-da! Now you get to bash oh wait, you didn't you already talked about you like the format and stuff, so you can't bash it.
0: Oh, sure, well. sure I can. I got bashing left in me.
1: Oh, okay. So there's anything about the format you want to bash.
0: It's
1: format layout is usually what we talk about here.
0: Yeah, by weird coincidence, I was chatting with JV on Facebook earlier today, and he's like, well, rake it over the coals, man. I'm like, I'm going to have a hard time doing that. But then I took it up as a challenge because I do editing uh, for a living, and... Um, uh, should point out that it was written and illustrated by J.V. West, edited by Andy Solberg, and the layout that I was complimenting was by Mike or by Matt Hildebrand. Um, Andy Solberg needed to give it one more editorial pass. I mean, it's you can pick up any print published item and find still find typos in it. It it, it drives me insane, and there are some in this, like a sentence that repeats, and you know. Where a break happened, and somebody typed the word twice and didn't catch it, so um that's that's gonna when we get to dragons that's gonna cost cost the module half a dragon okay just needed one more editorial pass uh, I, and so people don't think it's it's full of holes i'm I'm really really nitpicking and not not to violate your copyright or trademark Mike. Okay.
1: no no that's fine I, i'm being
0: i'm being editor hard ass right now
1: yeah well you're format layout hard ass so I'm just, I'm just grognard hard ass generally. So, what about you, Liz? Anything to say? Format oh, layout?
2: Gosh. Um, <clears throat> well, about the only things that I could say about it that are bad, um, all come from a purely um, accessibility um, standpoint. You know, the thing you pointed out with the the header text being difficult for a optical character recognition program to effectively um parse yeah,
1: but but i will say it was only the headers you know and yeah. the actual text itself it came out very nice and clear you, no you, you,
0: do you know what that is liz that's not mm. that's not embedding the fonts in the pdf so if you don't if you don't remember to embed the fonts when you produce a pdf and somebody gets the pdf who doesn't have that font that's what happened to mike
2: um also here's a question for you mike um There are little uh, page headers at the top of every page, which has um, winds of the ice forest, and then next to it, it says what part part that you're Mm in. Um, Did your OCR read that part? Yes. Um, Even the part one, part two, part three? Okay. Okay. Because that was something I was a bit concerned about. It's a very, very pale gray bar where it says, you know, part two, the ice forest, or part one, you know, entering, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no, those
1: those came through great.
2: And um, sometimes, at least on the web, if you don't have a sufficient um, – oh, I'm blanking on the term here, but – you know, say if you've got the white text but you have a very, very pale background, it can be very it can be difficult for screen readers to pick up that text because it doesn't notice not a it. lot of contrast. Right. You need more contrast. But that okay. doesn't sound like that that was a problem in your case. So
1: No, no apparently not. It handled it pretty well. Yeah. So Okay,
2: yeah, I, I I had to dig deep too to <laughs> find something to gripe about.
1: Uh, All right. Well, let's give this sucker some dragons then. Jim.
0: Godzilla. Rawr. I'm going to I'm going with 4.5. Woohoo. Which I mean, it's just damn near perfect except for, you know, a couple of three typos.
1: Take that, JV. 4.5. Liz.
2: Oh my gosh. I I really enjoyed this. And the fact that the forest is under a curse, which is why it is the way it is, um, makes it just so perfect for dropping it in anywhere. You don't have to be in the far Mm -hmm. north to do this adventure. You know, it's all part of the curse. And he doesn't
1: load you up with a backstory involved in a particular campaign setting or world or anything.
2: Right. So, you can make it be for whatever reason you want if you want it to be in your own campaign. And so, for that reason, I think I'm going to give it a 4.52 because there's really nothing in this that makes it difficult for you to drop it wherever you want it.
1: Well, okay, now my turn. You know those igloos. <laughs> can't, can't get past the igloos, so I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to have to give it five. <gasps> huh? What That's the hell just happened? Five. <laughs> when that, I got I... finished with this, you can ask Liz. I was saying, damn it, I wish you hadn't read this because I would use this next time in our game. And, and she's like, well, I can play dumb. And it's like, yeah, yeah. But then Tim's going to listen to this episode, so he's going to know. So that was a big gripe, because when I got done with this, I was like, this is awesome. Why didn't I inflict this on you guys two weeks ago so that, you know, we could do the show and it wouldn't be a problem? But, damn it, too late. Seriously, no. This is exactly it's a detail. It's got just enough detail to give it an interesting twist but it doesn't bury you in detail it's 15 pages worth of adventure so you know you, you get a lot for those 15 pages
0: it's and very you know, old school and the way the adventure is constructed is elastic so you could adapt it to one session or four like you were yep. saying earlier
1: it can be a one shot at a con or yeah you could run it for a month if you wanted to weekly games so no I'm giving it five
2: I think Mike just snowed
0: us. (laughs) Oh, well, what Mike's done is push me over the precipice to, uh, I mean, this whole time JV and the Cabal has been doing art, cover art and cartography. And it's clear to me after reading this that we need to get him in on the writing too.
1: So that'll be nine, 14 divided by three, a bunch of very near five. (laughs) It is a nigh five total, which sends us to the curiously dusty road coming out of the forest, ice forest, thumbing our way down the road for traffic. And how are we heading down the road? Or at least, how are you heading down the road? Liz!
2: I am running like hell from a pack of wind rates <laughs> Boo. Yeah. How about you,
0: Jim? <laughs> um, go- white,
2: white whalers. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm
0: going down the snowy path with uh, my OCD triggered by you, so I had to break out my uh, Apple Watch magic item and figure out that was an average of 4.6 continuing decibel. Tick, tick,
1: tick, 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 tick. Awesome.
0: <laughs> which, which is kind of nice.
1: Oh yeah, that's awesome. And I, I am. Well, I would be running, but I'm staggering because I've got a couple of bear traps on my feet <laughs> that really hurt. But it's okay because I'm distracting the the wind whalers that are coming after Liz and I by throwing a gnome dressed entirely in pink at them. So I'm good.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm amazed that you gave the the module a five when it had a gnome NPC in there. Yeah, but you can That's- kill him. That's just amazing. Well, what was
0: up with that guy anyway? uh, A gnome (laughs) NPC dressed entirely in pink. The only thing that was missing was a please kill me sign. (laughs) Yeah.
1: yeah. (laughs) Indeed. So, hope everyone enjoyed our review of Winds of the Ice Forest. And we'll see you guys episode 122. Bye bye. See ya. Free arc. And we're out.
2: of Wild Games Productions
0: in association with D20Radio.com. The Save or Die theme music is provided by the band Mississippi Bones. You can find them at MississippiBones.bandcamp.com. Bigger on Inside eagles for tonight's episode were provided by the California Board of Cultural Appropriation, BBC Wales Division. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Save or Die.
1: I dropped in the Dropbox those commercials from the 80s for DD and and stuff. you could always throw one of those in.
0: Oh, that's genius! Why didn't I think of that? Okay.
2: That that All My Children commercial. Yeah, or the
1: All My Children
2: one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Makes you wish they come up with something for Dallas, the Dallas RPG with SPI. That would have been awesome. But anyway. You're
0: Your fingers, goes high. I'm holding It's like a 60-legged